This is Cultivating Convos with the Ohio Department of Agriculture. And it's fun to have everyone else kind of get a little insight into what we do. Farmland forever. Actually, that was the next question I was going to ask you. Shelby, <laughs> let's wrap <laughs> this thing up. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Cultivating Con Bows at ODA. I am one of your hosts, Megan Hirschberger, and on with me this week, Brian Levin. Oh, what an intro. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be back and uh, hope everyone's having a good one out there, wherever you are today. I know. We've had some heat the last couple days. We've had everything. There's been heat, (laughs) rain, heat, rain, a little chillier than you thought, rain, so... Hopefully the skies, you know, break up and uh, just sun and the summer where we all can enjoy whatever we want, whenever we want, really. I'm sure hoping. I mean, we do have a short week this week because of Memorial Day. So that's great, of course. Um, Thanking all of our veterans as well for that day. Mm -hmm, Um, And also really the also really the unofficial start the summer, right? Pools are open. Heck yes. You fired up the grill maybe for the first or hundredth time, depending on how much you like to do it. I have a couple of friends that have like the smokers. Yeah. That's all the conversation becomes. Like just yes. what what's on the grill lately? What's on the smoker? So hopefully, uh, you know, that is keeping you busy. But you also need a beverage with it, right? Megan? You sure do. You could do a cool glass of wine if you wanted. <laughs> cool glass of wine, beer, whatever you, whatever you choose. Right, exactly. And hey, we've kind of been hitting some food topics. We had cheese recently and cheese, grill, sitting outside, enjoying the weather. Yeah, wine. And I tell you what, there are so many different divisions. The Ohio Department of Agriculture umbrella covers so much. Mm-hmm. Wine is under there too. And it's a growing industry. It's like you turn on the news today and it's all bad, but good <laughs> things are happening out there. And Ohio they wine are. is. They are, and lots to do. And we're going to talk about it right now. All right. Probably one of those subjects that uh, anyone can gather around and talk about. We are so excited to be joined today by first David Smith. He's the head winemaker at Gervasi Vineyard in Canton. And also we're joined by Christy Eckstein, who's the executive director of the Ohio Grape Industries Committee. Thank you both for being with us. I, uh, Christy, we will ask you plenty of questions. But David, I just need to know, head winemaker, I mean, that sounds like mm-hmm. dream job, right? Uh, it's a version of a dream job. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's not as, uh, it's not a glass of rosé every day. Um, but it has, comes with its perks. Uh, I really enjoy doing it. I've been in the wine industry now, um, started in Wisconsin. Now I'm in Ohio for a total of about 15 years, uh, between the two. And, uh, it's been a lot of hard work, um, working my way up from started out in the cellar and worked my way up to where I am now. Um, but enjoyed it all along the way. Before we get to Christy, David, I want to ask you, just kind of set the scene for us about um, Gervasi, you know, talk about um, the wines, the property. It's really um, an immersive, I think, experience there in Canton. Uh, Yes, it is. And um, over the years, Gervasi has really developed the property to become um, a destination resort and not just a winery. Um, and the, the overall property is about 55 acres. And we're in the um, northeast 
corner of the Canton city limits. And so um, we're not really, you know, near downtown, you know, maybe within 15 minute drive or so, um, but we're still within that city limit. So there's neighborhoods around us and that kind of a thing. So when you drive to the property, it just looks like you're going through a regular suburban neighborhood um, with uh, like elementary school and houses and just like anything you would normally expect. And then all of a sudden you get to uh, the Gervasi entrance and there's this nice archway with stone pillars on it. And you know, you found something special. And when you drive in, it's a completely different atmosphere. Um, the property is, uh, is designed and landscaped to be reminiscent of Tuscany and other, um, other elements of Italy. And so it really, uh, the idea was for uh, guests to really feel transported from Ohio or from their their day-to-day work that they're normally doing um, to really be able to come, enjoy themselves, relax, celebrate life, um, enjoy good food, good wine, and just have a just have a wonderful time. Well, it's on the list. Got to get out there. I have not visited yet. Relatively new to Ohio, but yeah, uh, you, you brought up kind of the landscape, David. It looks wonderful. Uh, Christy, I, I was going to ask, hey, summer's starting, right? Is this the perfect time to get out to a winery, whether it's Gervasi or anywhere in the state, really? Yes. So June is Ohio Wine Month, but with 380 plus licensed wine manufacturers in the state, um, not all like Gervasi. So that's the great thing about the industry. It's very diverse in the amenities and the wines that they offer. So, you know, Gervasi is definitely um, a place that you can go and experience a lot right there on the grounds. And you're within a 30 minute drive of winery anywhere. So I would recommend if you're ready to start your winery travels, visit findohiowines.com. We just redesigned the website and you'll be able to search the wineries based on the amenities that they offer. So just like Gervasi, you know, you can search for lodging or pet friendly or those who have full service restaurants or even live music or entertainment. So whatever it is that you're kind of feeling for the evening or the weekend, you can find a winery, I'm sure, just a short drive away that will offer all of those types of opportunities for you. Christy, can you talk about how really the wine industry in Ohio has grown and, you know, now we are able to offer all of those places across the state to to be able to visit and taste test? (laughs) Yes. So, I mean, just tremendous growth. When When I think of the growth here, I took the position in 2007 and there were about 80 licensed wine manufacturers and now to have 300 additional on top of that. And just the uh, diversity again, that, that, most of the wineries traditionally would have been a winery um, where you could go and taste and maybe have some live music and some food, but just to see how much they've grown and expanded their offerings. So not only um, do they have op- options like a distillery or the coffee shop or the lodging like Gervasi has, several have cideries and craft breweries also associated um, at their home base. They have family-friendly events. So some have lavender fields, others have um, maybe duck races, or they have s'mores and campfires that you can sit out by. They Again, they have the lodging opportunities for you too, the live music, festivals. So um, you know, really 
if whatever you're looking for, you're going to be able to find it on any given day or weekend. And just to see the way they've grown, they really are tourism destinations. So they're agricultural businesses, but they're also agritourism kind of at the finest. Um, they our winery see about 1.3 million visitors a year. And in wow. many locations, the winery is the driving factor for why someone is going mm -hmm. to an area. And then they're also visiting other museums or parks or locations within that region. And then sometimes too, you know, they'll, they might be a stop along someone else's way. If they're going to Cedar Point or Kings Island, you know, there's a winery close by that they can stop at too. So uh, it, it makes it nice that it fits snugly into tourism really, you know, and makes agritourism even bigger and better here in Ohio. There's so many wineries in Ohio, you know, if you just search online, it, it, they show off the state's landscape and the, the agriculture, which is just awesome. But you want to know you're drinking good stuff. And David, I wanted to ask you, because just recently the news came out that a wine that Gervasi produces won overall best of show and best of Ohio at the 2022 Ohio Wine Competition. Can you talk a little bit about that and what people can expect if they want to try this award-winning wine? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, we were really excited to um, uh, to achieve those awards uh, this year. And um, the wine is called Sognata. Uh, it's spelled S-O-G-N-A-T-A. -A. Um, and it is a Vidal Blanc uh, grape variety, but it's an ice wine. And an ice wine is when you leave the grapes hang on the vine through to uh, December and sometimes into January until it gets cold enough that the grapes actually freeze on the vine before you pick them. And so um, typically you would pick Vidal Blanc towards the end of October. And so if you're not picking it till into January, now we're talking about two, two and a half extra months of the grapes just hanging out, getting a little bit riper, um, they start to raisin just a little bit, which concentrates sugars. And then when they freeze, that really concentrates the sugars. So you press the grapes half frozen and you get a very sugary, syrupy juice out of them. It's very concentrated flavors and color and um, aromas and acids, all of that. Um, and then when you make a wine out of it, um, you, you typically take it to about 10 or 11% alcohol. Um, and then that still leaves behind a significant amount of sugar. We're talking like 19 to 20% sugar total um, left over after fermentation is done. And so this is a, it's a very nice dessert wine. Um, it has a lot of body aromatics that are very um, floral and apricot um, kind of citrusy. Uh, and it's just, and it's just a lovely wine. If you like a, a sweet or you like to have a little bit of something um, as a dessert, it's perfect for that. Great with cheesecakes or anything that's going to be, um, that's going to have enough oomph to stand up to a really rich wine. Now, David, let me ask you this. How much tasting the wine is involved in your job and how would one become winemaker, a winemaker? Uh-huh. So, um, it depends a little bit on the time of year uh, because winemaking is seasonal. <clears throat> Excuse me. Because winemaking is seasonal, um, certain times of year I'm tasting the wines much more often 
than other times um, because, uh, for example, in uh, July, August, most of our processing is finished and we're just focused on bottling. And so <clears throat> I may only be tasting um, wines just as we're getting them ready to bottle. Like if we're gonna, I'll be tasting them like on Monday because we're gonna bottle it on Wednesday or Thursday and it's just one final check to make sure everything's in the right spot. Um, but then in the fall during fermentation, I am smelling and tasting, evaluating every single wine that we have fermenting every day. Um, and sometimes that's uh, 10 different tanks. Sometimes it's 20 different tanks. It just depends on, uh, this is like September, October uh, during that time frame. So it just kind of depends on where we're at in the season there. Um, and that's really important quality control checkpoints um, to smell and taste the wine, to see how the flavors and aromas are developing, um, how the fermentation is progressing. Um, that's one of the best instruments is your sense of smell and taste. And then after fermentation is finished, getting into uh, wintertime, that's when we start working on, on um, some like filtering, processing, and, um, and blending. And so blending is um, like if you've ever had a wine that on the label it just said red blend or white wine or red wine or white blend, um, those are wines where you take two or three or sometimes four different varieties and you put them together to make one uh, nicely layered aromatic wine usually. If it says Cab like Cabernet Sauvignon on the label uh, or Merlot, it has a specific variety on it, you can still blend a certain percentage of other wines into it. So there's, there's always some blending to do to get the wines into just the right spot. And it sounds, it sounds really nice, and it is. I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining about it because I'm not. <laughs> Being able to uh, uh, try wine, um, you know, every day is a fantastic privilege. Um, but the tricky part is being able to really focus on evaluating the wine and get the rest of your work done that day too. <laughs> you know, it's an art. <laughs> I think that's what you covered, David. Absolutely. It's an art, and it takes time. And and Christy, I wanted Absolutely. to ask seeing this art in progress and i know director planda is going on wine visits around the state you know what is it what is it like to see this in person really for someone that that is new to the scene or wants to get out and finds that winery that might be 30 minutes from them that you brought up right it is truly an art it's a craft it is um just their dedication and their passion to what they're doing we found like a lot of our winemakers have some sort of engineering or art background, which is really interesting. But to be able to see what they're able to make, um, given that Mother Nature doesn't always cooperate. So, you know, if you're growing grapes, you may not get the same grapes from year to year, um, you know, based upon our weather and, and what happens. And so that they're able to take those grapes and to turn it into a world-class wine, um, is, is amazing and one that keeps consumers coming back. And then they're also able to kind of shift and pivot when needed. So, you know, as David said, you've got those blends, you're constantly refining um, and they, they lean on each other. The great thing about this industry is that um, 
they don't view themselves as competitors, but as colleagues. So they are all very willing to help one another. And we do a lot of that with post-fermentation workshops in the fall, um, in the December, January timeframe. So, you know, those wines are coming in from harvest or grapes are coming in from harvest being made into wine. And the great thing is these guys all get together and help evaluate each other's wines and say, hey, this is how we could improve or the wine's great where it is. And it's very well received by one another, the constructive uh, feedback that they give one another and encouragement, you know, so kudos to them for working so nicely together and being able to take that passion and that craft and share it with not only each other, but also with all of the consumers across the state and in the Midwest. So we're very, very fortunate here in Ohio to have that opportunity, I think. Yeah, I mean, what else, what else do we need to cover? Did we hit it? You guys feel good, Mm -hmm. I think we can toast yeah. to a great podcast today. Absolutely. Cheers. <laughs> With my imaginary glass. Exactly. It's five o'clock somewhere, right? Perfect. Right. This is all audio. So I just yes, want to make is. sure everyone knows there is no, there is no wine near any of us. <laughs> no, <Nope>. none. <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> we are on the clock. I'm on it probably more than, than most sites. I'll find Ohio wines because I didn't know that so many different wineries are out there and, and you look at pictures and you're like, that's not that far away. And it looks totally different than out my bedroom window. I got to go. I got to check it out. So <laughs> plenty of places that being added to the to-do list. Yes. Lots to do. And like, you know, Christy was saying, there's something a half hour away, have a staycation, stay in Ohio, visit some wineries, do some things, get out there. Perfect. Well, I think we have some more things cooking, right, Megan? You have mm-hmm. addition with Dorothy coming up, which is literally cooking food. And uh, yeah, I think that's what people like. We like food. We like drink. And we'll have to find something else, another way to talk about it on Cultivating Convos. I was going to say, we'll, we'll just keep this train rolling on the food and drink topics. I don't mind it. No, not at all. I think uh, she'll be back next week. If not, though, sorry, you're stuck with me. Well, I think that about does it for us this week, Brian. Um, We'll catch you all next week. Cultivating Convos is created by ODA's communications team. Make sure to hit subscribe to get the latest episodes in your feed and like ODA on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for up-to-date news about agriculture in Ohio.